my sunken soul, plunged deep beneath my decaying hull, and debris of broken hearts cries out from the abyss. Longing to achieve altitude, to leap from this fallen frame into the hands of heaven. Dry are these bones in this barren wasteland. Unquench this thirst by desert streams. Old and an oasis would appear. A brook, a spring, a river, Lord, even a puddle. Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharon Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast. What's up? Woo! All right. I'm here with my man from Lathrop. He's a 209 guy, just like I am. <laughs> man himself. I'd like to give y'all Jose Garcia Martin or Veritas Poetic. Woo! What's good? What's great? What's going on, man? Hey, thanks for coming on to the show and stuff. And thank you for also coming on to the show that you just did over at um, SPC. We, we, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed all the pieces. I enjoyed the stuff that you pulled out, even that new one you're, you're messing with. Stuff. I, I enjoyed it. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. But no, thanks for coming to the show. And I just wanted to talk to you because I know, I know we met um, doing a show that was presented by Brandon over in Stockton and stuff. And and even even when you were doing your stuff over there, I was you know it I was pretty enthralled and stuff with it. And I always wanted to get you six footer and some other people and a lot of people from Stockton to to come you know basically bring up, come up and be out in Sacramento. And, you know like um Brandon break bread with everybody and stuff because we're all poets. You know, we need you know we all need to be connection. We all need that connection and stuff. But no, nah, but but I do. But but I am going to say like this. I don't know much about you, so you know, tell me about yourself, man. <laughs> All right. So yeah. So uh, who is Jose Garcia Martin, aka Tasco Eddie? Um, first thing, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Okay. My faith shapes me. It informs what I do, how I do it, why I do it, um, and it, it, it gives me purpose. So um, I cannot not start with that. Uh, I'm a husband. We'll be uh, my, my wife and I will be celebrating ten years in November. Ten years married in November, uh, and this will be our fourteenth year married. Um, I'm just giving you fourteen year together, ten years married. Um, father five, um, yeah, <laughs> father five. Um, I am uh, by trade. I am an IT. I work in the IT industry. Um, but my passion, uh, my passion is poetry, hip hop. Um, I dabble in like doing beats and stuff like that. Um, I dabble with graphic design, um, hand lettering, a little bit. Of, I'm, I'm a, I would say I'm a sort of jack of all trades. I like to uh, wear a lot of different hats. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, originally from Gary, Indiana, two one nine. 
um, born and bred out there uh, in Gary. Um, made my way to California via the Navy. Um, joined joined the Navy back in '04. Um, was stationed in San Diego. After I got out, again, Indiana is a good place to come from. It's definitely uh, Gary is definitely not a place you go back to. Really, not, not if you don't have to. Um, I love my city. I love it, but but I definitely uh, fell in love with California. Fell in love with San Diego. So ended up staying up uh, after getting out. Um, then we ended up finding our way uh, to um, the uh, seaside area. We lived in Castroville for a little bit. Okay, and we ended up moving uh, moving into San Jose. It's funny, we kind of worked our way. We've been working our way further and further north of California. Started in San Diego, made our way to Seaside, Castroville. Then we moved to San Jose. Now we're in Lathrop, Stockton area. So we've been uh, (laughs) progressively making our way further north inside of California. Uh, We've been out here in Lathrop since 2016. Um, And since then, I've had the opportunity to, to build. Actually, been doing poetry shoot since since I wrote my first poem in the fourth grade. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I you know started doing poetry as a kid, but um found found it to be uh during my high school years, I found rap to be the more ex- uh, acceptable, acceptable <laughs> right, you know what I'm saying? Like um you don't get a lot of street street cred doing poetry, at least not in other days. And, um, and so I found myself doing rap. Um, as I got older, as I matured, I found myself I found myself dra- being drawn back into poetry. Um, excuse me, I'm being a little ghetto. Are you serious? Is it more? Is it most because of the um, the spoken word started kicking in on the '90s and stuff? That that's what kind of pulled you into you know switching over from rap to poetry. Uh, so, so what? what, what is, I definitely would say during the uh, Deaf Poetry Jam era, the Deaf Poetry Jam, that was one of the things. Because before that, I'd never known poetry to be anything more than um, Langston Hughes, Nikki Giovanni, um, you know, Maya Angela. Right. Like those were some of the poets I had access to. So I never really known the, the spoken word slam aspect uh, aspect of poetry. And then deaf poetry hits the scenes and I'm like, wait, I didn't know that this could be that. Like I wasn't, you know, I didn't have any any experience with it. So when that hit the scene, it, it, it definitely showed me a different side of poetry. And then I remember the first time um, I saw Saul Williams. Mm, yeah. And him particularly, the way he wrote, the what what he what he did with language, um, I would say what I saw him do with language was was almost um, subatomic. Like he broke, he deconstructed language down to like a molecular level, and re, and then reconstructed language into like whatever he wanted it to be. And I just just seeing that, I was like, yo, this could be something really different. So I got drawn back, you know, drew back to it. Um, and then, but I, but I hadn't really 
I still wasn't really involved in the scene. Um, I came about I came about poetry. I know a lot of the people I meet who came about poetry came through slam. They came through workshops and seminars and all that type of stuff. That was never my experience. Like I said, because being from Indiana, being from Gary specifically, one if anybody uh, knows anything about Gary, um, Gary is we're about. 35 minutes outside of Chicago, and we pretty much have inherited all of Chicago's gang and drug problems and, and violence problems. So um, there's not, at least then, I know Gary is um, slowly changing, but back then there was no space for, um, there's no space for artists, for art, uh, artists. There was no space for creativity. Um, Really, it was it, it. It was all, you know. It was funny. Even when they would open up, like a little spot here and there, it would a gun, you know, a shootout would happen, yeah. and it would get shut down. Right. So there just was never a space for it. So there was never any space to explore. There was never any scene. There was no not other poets you knew, you even knew how to interact with. Um, so it was very. It was difficult to really kind of cultivate it. Um, through a scene. So it wasn't until I would say 2010, 2010, I became a believer and I sort of entered the uh, Christian spoken word space, which um, is a different scene than than like the whole kind of open mic scene and all of that. Um, That scene like really took off if you guys are not familiar with a with a who um, by the name of P4CM, um, just hop on YouTube, look up P4CM. You'll see what I'm talking about. And and in the time when they came out, um, this was when YouTube was still in its infant stages. Right. So they were able to kind of really take off in a different way and really kind of open up a different uh, a different subculture subculture of the scene. And so I kind of entered through that space a little bit. Um, then fast forward, uh, had a couple more kids. <laughs> Stepped back, step back for a little while just to take care of the household. And then um, when I got back up, when I, when I moved up this way, um, you know, I was I kind of had the bug. I was I had that performance, but I was like, you know what? Okay, I need to get back out there. Um, and so. I think my f- about 2016 was when um, I started making some, making a few moves, um, hitting up all the, li- the local open mic s- spots, you know, uh, Queen Bean and Modesto and um, uh, some of the, uh, you know, uh, there was the Vibe Worldwide and a few of these other things. And, and then me and Brandon, we, we made contact. We had a... That was God ordained, and we can I can talk about how that all happened a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But we made our contact, and then uh, from there, things kind of just have been uh, moving a bit, um, moving slowly because because um, I'm still working on putting together you know some more content, uh, putting together a catalog of stuff that people can look back to. As of right now, you know, I only got a few things, a few videos here and there. I got I mean I've got a I got a hundred notebooks full of stuff, <laughs> you know, waiting, waiting to, um, but as of right now, 
I'm working on like actually developing some content so that people can actually have something tangible to be like, all right, this is what this guy, like, here we go. We got something to grab onto. Okay. Okay. So, so basically the book's coming. So the book and the CDs are coming. Okay. <laughs> I got, yeah, yeah, man. I got, um, I, I tell you what, here's the funny thing. I, I, I've had, I've got more than a few books worth of material. <laughs> um, one of my problems has been in terms of like putting out something. A lot of times I have these very grandiose, these very lofty concepts um, that I want to do. And weaving together these, these really profound concepts, sometimes the concept is great, but I often sometimes find it difficult to actually put together. So one of the things actually uh, I remember at the beginning of the year sitting down with Brandon and we was talking about plotting out what 2020 looks like. We obviously we never knew what it looked like what it's looked like thus far. <laughs> we never had, like uh, we never had COVID on our map or anything. But um, one of the things I talked about was kind of for for a moment abandoning these concept books and just putting together a, co- a collection. Okay. Just like okay, here's just a collect a collection of a, of a bunch of different writings, and then get that out just so I can have some content to hand to people, mm-hmm. so I can have something for people to be something where they can be like, oh, you know what? Here we go. We got something from them. You know, this will hold us over until we can get the more. So yeah, definitely working on putting together some 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 uh, collections and, and and an album. So you were living in San Diego. I, I, was, I was born in Camp Pendleton, Oceanside. So I know how the, the Southern California lifestyle is. It's different from the Northern, the North California's lifestyle, even when moving up. And you live in San Jose. You live in San Jose. I lived in Fremont. So yeah, I know definitely. So did you do any um, poetry while you were in um, San Jose or no? You mostly just. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, when I was in San Jose, I definitely, um, I got around doing, um, Doing, doing like the open mic spots. Did a couple of features here and there. Between, so in the Bay, my, like I'm homies with a, you might be familiar with a guy by the name of Javier Reyes. Yeah. Um, that's the homie. Like, um, you know him, he's an he's activist, um, you know, poet, works, all of this. So did a lot of stuff with him. Did a couple of things with like um, lyrical opposition. So maneuver some through the San Francisco, some of the Oakland scene and all of that, dropping in here and there. I definitely wouldn't say I was a, I've been a fixture in the scene, just because I well, I kind of went through these periods where I drop in and out. Yeah, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, let me hit this stuff and let me get some performing, and then, uh, like I said, for me, um, I'm family first, first right? Yeah. So and I got a big family, so at times, you know. I got to pull back to focus on the fam. I'm always going to put family first, my like, period. Yeah. So if I got to pull back a little bit on my dreams, quote unquote, in order to, to, to you know, take care of home, home won't come before that. I'm, I, I would always, and, and that's actually what I would always admonish anybody, you know, me you know, button this top button. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's, all, that's always my, my focus. Um, I'm always gonna go go take care of the fam. Like that's just what it is. Okay. So so being so being that you are um you're still are still are a rapper and stuff. What were the sounds of the? Are you, were you doing most of like the chop sound like um like Twister and stuff that you learned 
in being Gary since you were in Chicago and stuff? Or were you doing like more of the common style sound and stuff? So you know what? Like um I found myself it's it's funny, my my, my rap story is really different. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> in my early uh I started rap I, I think I first started rapping. I realized that I had the skill to do it. Um when I never forget it, we was we had took a field trip to Great America. And so on the bus ride, some of the dudes in the back was like was was ciphered. Mm-hmm. Now, I ne- I'd never rapped before at this point, but as I'm listening to them do what they do, I'm kind of like, it just hit me in the head. I can I can maybe do this. Right. So I just started putting together some words. And I'm a, that was definitely not the dopest, <laughs> but just I was just kind of like, okay, just putting together. Matter of fact, I remember it. It's, I remember the first couple of bars at least. I said, um, speaking of tests, you get an F on your rhymes. I'm the best with I'm the best with these lines. Even in the best of your times, you couldn't test. I'm one of the best, and I'm nothing like the rest. It was and kind of corny today. But at, at, at like this, I think this was between my eighth and ninth grade. Yeah, that's the first thing I ever had. Um, and I got a couple of oohs and ahs, maybe not deserved, but but it was just like you know, eighth grade and never rap, never might rap before. I was like, yo, this is something I could kind of mess with. And so when I my rap catalog is just very unique. My uncle was like in a hardcore gangster rap, okay. ghetto boy, spice one. Too Short, UGK, um, Tila, Luke, um, you know, MCA, NWA, all of that. My mom, right, and my mom was Run DMC, um, Curtis Blow, uh, Big Daddy Kane, Rakim, and... For me, I kind of got into so so I kind of had that already, you know, that right. already built. But then I I started to really get into like uh, nice and smooth, okay. um, star, okay. uh, Mob Deep, Nas, and like so I got in, in, in got into all of that. So when I was rapping, um, my first stage name. My first stage name was Einstein. Okay. I get it. <laughs> it was Einstein, and I had a whole, like, um, I had a whole concept for an album. The album was going to be titled E equals MC. Okay. Right? Um, and the, and the, 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 the lead single was going to be Theory of Relativity. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I was coming off on some, like, like more like that, like cannibal, uh, not cannibal, cannabis type of, type of, type of scheme. And so, you know, as I progress, I went, uh, my stage names, stage names is funny because I went through so many. I went from, uh, I went from, from Einstein, then it was Malicious Acts. (laughs) (laughs) that, That name was funny because I remember I was, um, I was watching MTV News, right. and I think it was either Ice Cube or Snoop Dogg that got banned from performing somewhere because of malicious activity. They they they, they banned them because of malicious activity, and I heard that, 
And the first thing, kept, malicious acts. Yeah. Like, that was like, yo, this is something, you know. Man. And then, uh, then from there, it was nine millimeter, the God of Chaos. Um, and then I had this whole outlandish concept that kind of came from like Eminem. You know, Eminem had, um, had the person, you know, that's Eminem in a slim shape. Yeah. Right, so there's these two personas. So I kind of had this idea of an album with, it would be just me, but it would be like multiple personalities. And the album would be called Common Tongue. Hmm. So it's bas- basically multiple personalities speaking through one common tongue. Oh, okay. okay. And so each personality would embody a different rap style, like, and all of this. Um, so my, like, I was definitely, a, a, a com- when it came to rap styles, I definitely uh, had a lot of different ideas, a lot of different rap identities. Um, and I've always pride myself an ability to kind of be a chameleon. So, and, and, and what's funny, sometimes the what you what you ingest is sort of what you what you kind of lean towards. Right. So, the, a lot of a lot that, that whole common tongue idea came from a combination of of um of Eminem and then Wu Tang because I was a big Wu Tang, yeah. right? And Wu Tang, you got nine dudes. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I could have these nine different personalities coming from one guy, though. And so, um, but then, like I said, as I as I progressed, as I kind of really started to figure out my own voice, um, I I like to play with different styles when it comes to emceeing. Um, like I've, I've I've dropped a couple of freestyles on IG where where I'm kind of you utilizing sort of a more modern cadence and delivery and stuff like that, but um, I just, I feel like I can, my my, my style is very much, I, I would say I'm very, I, I like to focus on bars, focus on lyrics. Um, I like to focus on, um, I'm very adamant about, it's not even, it, what's funny is, it's not even an intentional matter. My face shapes who I am, so just, as a byproduct, when I when I when I spit it, just it comes through. It's not even like uh, let me preach at people. It's just kind of like you go who who you are should come out through your through whatever you do. Right. So you know what I'm saying. If you're a gangster, you gonna do gangster rap. Yeah. If you you know what I'm saying. If you are a, a, a socially conscious guy, you gonna do socially conscious rap. I'm a Christian, so my raps come out. Very Christian, um, you know, within in, in, internally within sort of uh, within the sort of Christian art community, there's a lot of debate about, uh, you know, should you be coined a Christian rapper or a rapper that's Christian or blah blah blah. Um, I got this one line in this free in this this, um, this freestyle I did a while ago. Where I said, uh, I said, Christian poet, Christian rapper, it don't matter even with your laughter. No matter what you call me, I'm in rapture with my master, like. No matter what you call me, yeah. I'm like my, my, I love Jesus. So you can call me whatever you want to call me, but at the end of the day, what I love is going to come out through my music. So it, I, the concern isn't what you should call yourself. Like I, I, I focus less on even me, me and B had this conversation. Me and Brandon, um, 
if you know Brandon and, and you can you can see it from his AGT performances, uh, he definitely communicates his faith through his through his poetry. Yeah. Um, and it, it's not it's not really hard handed like he's not stuffing it down your throat, but it definitely comes through, right? Right. It's who it's part of who he is, so it's gonna come it's, it's gonna come through just regardless. And so that's just how I am. I'm like, you know what? I'm not too focused on what you call me. I'm not if you if you do try to put me into a box and niche put me into a niche camp, I'm not gonna fight that because it's like, well, I, I if that's what I communicate and that's how you label me, I don't care about your label, I'm just gonna be who I'm gonna be. And that happens to be that doesn't happen to be. I'm fortunate for that to be um, a child of God. So it is what it is. Right. But is it more? Is it more now because of the label, as you pointed out? Um, and there are there are Christian rappers and stuff. You know, gospel gangsters back in the days. Uh, Lakeith, um, his name Lakeith. Now, um, the rapper um, in in um, I think he's in Texas or something. The Cray, the Cray, my father, the Cray. Yeah. I mean, just just. You know, Chris, Chris Raps always got a, a weird bat, uh, a weird rap to it because funny how that that's fun. Uh, because it's always looked at as rappers, even though rap has always been a misogynist or you know, um, uh, has so much violent terms and stuff. You know, seeing that people have gone in a different route and still talking about the, the love of God, but are still somewhat keeping the aggression going, keeping the feel going, where some people get concerned. That that's you know that oh, that's oh, that's genre or that style as being um you know they can't they can't really coin it as well okay they're rappers but they're you know they label as or they're Chris rappers that's how that's how they stir them off do you feel sometimes um do you feel sometimes now as um the rap is just rap is just rap it's, it shouldn't be you shouldn't be put into gangster rap shouldn't be put into Christian rap shouldn't be in trap rap do you feel like it should just be Labeled it one thing because that's where everyone's gonna go. I mean, even DMX has some um, prayers that he did on on his songs and stuff, but no one labeled him a Christian rapper. So. Well, I, and so I look at this like um, I think on the one hand, a lot of a lot of Christian rappers mm-hmm. um, don't like getting the label. They feel as if it pigeonholes them, as if it boxes boxes them in, and or whatever like this. Again, my thing is, um, I don't so much, I don't really care what you label me. Um, I am who I am. You know, what you label me doesn't define me. I define who I am, right? My identity is, I'm shaped by, I'm shaped by Christ. Like, my identity is that, is that of a Christian. Mm-hmm. So, I'm an IT by trade. Um, and by virtue of that, I am a Christian IT because I'm a Christian, right? Yeah. Like that is that is a enormous part of who how I do IT. My like IT itself, you could say IT is a trade that is not um it's not a faith-based trade. No. But how I do what I do, like the I have a certain work ethic. My work ethic is defined by scripture, like the, the Bible says, to work as unto the Lord. Mm. Right? So that means the way I do my work, even if it's IT work, IT is not something that is in the realm of, of a um, 
religious trade. Nevertheless, what shapes my work ethic, what shapes the morality that I have, like, you know, do I cut corners when I work or do I work in a manner that is consistent with who I say I am? Do I, uh, do I, do I try to do an excellent job? What drives me to do an excellent job? Like all of that is shaped by, by, by that, by that, um, that label, that label Christian is more than a label. It shapes sort of who I am. It shapes my, my morality. It shapes my ethics. It, it shapes my, 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 um, beliefs and my values. So everything I do, I'm a husband. How I, how I interact with my wife is shaped by my faith. How I interact, I'm a father. How I interact with my children is shaped by my faith. Um, how I interact with society and politics and all of these things are shaped by that. So for me, it's not about a lot of people concern themselves with the label because they're like, oh, yeah, man, it, it separates or it's cool. You know, a lot of people have this view that, like, oh, yeah, Christian rap is corny and all of that. And that's for, for a long time, that was one of the big reasons people didn't like the stigma. They was like, oh, man, people automatically identify Christian rap as something corny. As somebody who's been involved or who's been had his eyes on the scene for you know a little over a decade, I can say it's not like some of the dopest MCs to do it. And I Christian rappers, I'm gonna drop names like Eshawn Burgundy, Shaolin Seven, who's from Sacramento, mm. um, Mission, uh, Brandon. P- like, there's a bunch of cats who. Um, who else? I can I can keep going. Um, uh, shoot, belief melanin, Rusan. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of dope. Jackie Hill Perry, one of the best female MCs to ever exist. Hmm. Um, these are these are Christ, well, people who are in the Christian space. Um, so so the idea that you know, oh, if you're a Christian, right, it's corny. Like that idea, you can throw that out the window. Um, I can keep reading Mars Hill, uh, Braille. Like um, propaganda, there's a bunch of show rocket, there's a bunch of dope, lyrical, artistic people in the space. Um, the whole thing is, it is, I understand, I don't mind labels because I'm, I look at it like this. On the way, what I like to do is, I like to read, I like to subvert expectations. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you say, oh yeah, you do this and you, I, I give you, give you a, a, an example. I'm gonna go off of, away from the music and the and the poetry thing for a second. Um, I would consider myself politically. I consider myself a, an independent. Um, a vote of a political, yeah, okay. Politically, I consider myself an independent. Now, there are a lot of people in the in the space of independent who who would consider themselves politically independent. Um, however. What the 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 spectrum of what people in that space think and believe about things is so vast that label in and of itself is not is nuanced. It doesn't communicate. There's a lot more that that so that label doesn't perfectly capture what people who who are in that space. It doesn't capture what they think, what they believe. Hmm. So, So so. I only consider myself independent because, as a matter of fact, let me say this. I don't consider myself independent, 
I'll give myself that label because it helps to frame for other people what I am and what I'm not. Okay. Right? Um, I'm not a I'm not a Republican, I'm not a Democrat. Uh there are matters, I'm very nuanced. There's matters that I am conservative about. There are matters that I'm liberal about. There are matters that there are a lot of in-betweens. There are a lot of like, and so I'm not, I don't feel like everything is so black and white. So where you can think, again, I think people look for boxes, right. look for labels because they in order for them to, 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 they need a little bow tie to try to wrap things up right. and to try to define things and categorize things so they can try to deal with them on that basis. For me, I think it's a lot more to it than that. I think when you, you, you sit down and you talk to me, you know, about, say, if we were to talk about political things, you'd be like, oh man, you know what? Okay. I've looked at this thing very black and white, but there is some in-betweens. There is some, 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 there's something in the middle that I'm not giving, you know, uh, like one of the, I, I hate the way we have political discourse in this country today, where it's like you're either an ally or an enemy. And like, there's no space to be in between. There's no space to be like, I, I don't necessarily agree with this, but that doesn't mean I don't, I don't affirm, you know, or that doesn't mean I don't value this or value you. Or I don't value people on this side. I don't value people on that side or whatever. It's it's like no, it's this whole you're an ally or you're anything. I think that's garbage. I think that's a trash way to think about things, um, and I think it really it really makes it almost impossible to have any meaningful dialogue about anything because the second you don't follow, you don't fall into the box that people feel like you got to check. Right. They automatically cast you into enemy category. Right. Um. So again, bringing that back to you know what I feel about like the the the, the name of music. Um, on the one hand, yeah, rap is just rap, but we've always put an adjective in front of the subgenre, right? We've always done that. Yeah, you know, there was this this that ringtone rap, rap. Yeah, right? yeah. Gangster rap, yeah. racist rap, you know, backpack rap. <laughs> rap, right? Yeah. So the thing is, we're always going to do that. So and we, I'm fine with that. Accept it. That's just what we do. Um, there was a brother from Crossman who said it like this: I wasn't so worried about whether or not whether what people was going to call me. I was more concerned about whether if people call me that, is it true? Mm. So, so um, I got this line where um, in one of my raps where I say, um, and let me see if I got it up right here. Um, I, well, basically, I say um, bars over beat are relevant. My my bars I really like if my life don't better evidence. Like you, so so it's irrelevant what you call me. It's irrelevant. The question is, if you call me a Christian rapper, does my life bear evidence that I'm a Christian? Like, do I, um, because those are certain, like, one of the things I think that makes Christian such an ugly word today is because a lot of people have, have, like, certain lenses which they view that term through. Well, right? I, 
Well, I think it's also because it's it's kind of been thrown in like a tribal thought, whereas Republicans keep screaming, I'm a Christian. So they kind of they've kind of like taken the the thought of Christianity as being Republican and stuff like that. That's that's one of the reasons why it's becoming a it's becoming a, a not a farce, but becoming this almost like a not bastardized, but it's kind of a real thing where people are concerned with. Well, if I'm a Christian, then people see well, well are you Republican then? Like, what so that's that's a good yeah. point. Like, you know, we automatically, um, we automatically attach the term right. to 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 certain other things. So when you say a Christian, um, people automatically in their minds have attached that to, to their own experiences. Right? Are you a Christian? That must mean. You feel like this. That must mean X, Y, Z. And that goes back to what I'm saying. Like, you know, don't think of it in, I'm telling you I'm a Christian, and you attach that to enemy or ally. Right. Understand I am me under, like, my identity is in Christ. And so what you, on the one hand, what you've identified, what you have thought of as a Christian may be inconsistent with what the Christian actually is. Sure. Like don't don't have it in your head that based on your experience. Like what's funny is like I, I look at our like I'm one of these people. I consume media from very from, from like a variety of sources. Right. So I pay attention to everything from your CNN, your MSNBC, to all the way to your to your Fox News and your Bright Bars. Right. I pay attention to what everybody is saying about anything from your. From your Mark Lamont Hills to your Ben Shapiro's to across the board, right. I'm listening to what people are saying, and as and, and as I pay attention to what people are saying, um, as I'm consuming these things, I'm able to to sift through and say, okay, you know what? There may be value in this point. Like maybe everything else, I'm able to sift through it and say and discern and distinguish where is their value in this point or whatever, or this point here. This side has a point here. Um, it's not that black. Like, again, I think we, 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 when it comes to the term Christian, we, we very much, very many people have defined it on the basis of their experiences. A lot of people are like, oh, yeah, man, all Christians ain't but X, Y, Z. Like, well, no. you know, do you know every Christian? So how can you say, how can, in the same way, we generalize about other groups of people. We generalize, you know, black people, we generalize about white people, white people generalize about black people. Sure. We generalize the cops, the cops generalize us. Everybody generalizes and we, we don't give anybody any individual value. We just group, we box them into a group and say, you people are this. Yeah. That's not fair. Yeah. In the same way, I know we 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 know there are, you know I'm I'm mixed I'm Puerto Rican and black, um, but I, you look at me I'm a, I, I'm black. <laughs> it is what you know right. Um, you look at me, you see me on the streets, you see me in my street gear, whatever like this. A lot of people, you know, police might have uh, what they identify me as, which is not fair to me, right? And the same, so I don't want to be identified by. What you cast group this whole group identity. Um, for, I want fair treatment. Mm. We got to treat each other fairly. Don't identify because you've had 
experiences with hypocritical Christians. You've had experience with, with people that say one thing and do another. You have experience with people that are anti-intellectual, that don't think through their faith from a critical perspective, who, who, who don't actually understand what other, you like, don't, don't do that to other people. Right. Be fair. Judge fairly, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, so, so that's, my thing is, I'm less concerned with whether somebody, you know, will hear my poems and be like, and throw, it, throw me into a box of, oh, this guy's a Christian poet. Um, you know, whatever. I'm a poet. Um, I, yeah, I am a Christian, so I don't, if that's, if, if that's how I'm defined, I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm not, try, I'm not going to, I'm not going to waste any energy trying to cast off any stigma. Uh, rather, I'm going to show you that underneath that banner, if that's the banner, that's the label I'm placing underneath that is a lot of complexity. Underneath that is a lot of talent. Underneath that is a lot of skill. Underneath that is, is, is very intentional craftsmanship. Um, and so what you, the, you can, the banner is fine with me. I'm going to help redefine the banner and subvert your expectations of what that banner can be. In the same way, I would, you know, you can cast, you can say, oh yeah, that's a, that's, oh yeah, he's, he, oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a black guy. I'm a black guy. Fine with that. That don't, that means nothing though. That doesn't mean that I think one way, saying that he's a black guy doesn't mean I think a certain way politically. That doesn't mean I think a certain way in terms of family. That doesn't mean that I think a certain way in terms of uh, uh, my, my ethical, moral, religious values. It doesn't mean that I am a certain way regarding, uh, um, that, that says nothing of my intellect. That says nothing of my character. That is an adjective that defines what you see when you see me, but it does not define the, who I am ontologically, who I am existentially. It doesn't define that. So again, I don't concern myself with labels. And I think as long you, you can label me whatever, as long as you understand your label doesn't completely encapsulate. Or again, your, your label may be, maybe you don't have enough uh, uh, broadness to how you apply that label. You think that label means X, Y, Z. That label, again, place me under those labels, but then understand that those labels only define one component. They only define one element of, of, of and, and most, most of the time, it's an external element. Right. A signal. So, signal, yeah. But no, so, yeah, so we're going to, so I, I was going to point that out, but um, as you are saying about um, you're Puerto Rican black. Um, I do know, I, I remember you told me that your, um, your, your stage name, Veritas, means truth. So, yes. so that, so you, in Latin, it's um, Spanish for truth. So, do you, you said you point out, you do label yourself as black, but you, you are Puerto Rican. Do you, so with that in mind, do you kind of, you kind of see yourself on both spectrums or just more, I'm just black and yeah. even though, yeah. Your name Jose makes it even <laughs> you're not true. So so, <laughs> yeah, okay. so so to that, um I 
my, my father, my father's Puerto Rican. My mom's black. I'm raised by my mom. My, my father wasn't really a part of my life. Oh. So from that, like, um, so I definitely don't have a lot of cultural connection to like Puerto Rican culture or like, um, so from, a, from, I guess you could say from a genetics perspective, I, I, I'm a mixed bag. Okay. Um, but in terms of like my ethnically uh, or culturally, rather, um, I'm a mama's son. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. um, and, and it's weird because I definitely like, there was a point in my life where I kind of struggled to like, you know, kind of trying to find like, you know, I'm like, well, what I mean, it's kind of hard to cast off like the Puerto Rican roots because my name is Jose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My name is, what's funny, I, quick story. So my, I got a cousin, um, my, my aunt's son, his dad is, uh, his dad's black. He, and uh, he's, he's my, 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 my father's sister. Okay. Um, so his dad, uh, his dad's black, his mom, which is my auntie, Puerto Rican. Yeah. Um, his dad w- wasn't in the picture, so he was raised up more culturally Puerto Rican. Puerto Rican yeah. His name is Andre Campbell. <laughs> right? <laughs> I grew up the opposite. I grew up more culturally black, but my name is Jose Garcia Martin. So, so I remember we just had this conversation. I was like, bro, you know what? If we could trade names, <laughs> like, we, would, we would stop a lot of confusion. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. <laughs> I was like, we just have a whole lot of confusion, man. But um, but yeah. So so no, I definitely would say um, I even even like I remember um the when the term Afro Latino started to pop up. Right. Um, I, I I I started to question myself like, does that banner fit me? And I'm like, when and, and the more I thought about it, I'm like, nah, it doesn't because again, uh, I am not culturally Latino. Like, again, for my father, you can, you know, ethnically, genetically, biologically, there is some Taino, some Spaniard in my, in my bloodline, but I'm my mama's son. Like, mm-hmm. I, 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 I raised by my mama, raised by my grandma. And my grandma was a huge part. My grandma, she was uh, born 1905. She went from, you know, she, her parents were free slaves uh, into sharecroppers. She, from 1905, so she was seen everything from World War One, World War II, mm-hmm. Jim Crow, Civil Rights era. Great Depression. Great, everything. Mm-hmm. That's, like, predominant amount of my childhood was under her tutelage, was under her. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's my roots. I understand. You know what I'm saying? So I cannot... I can't claim, I can claim from a bloodline perspective, yes, there's some Puerto Rican there, but I can't claim culturally. I cannot, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fair for me to, to like grab onto like the Latino Hispanic experience. That's not my experience. Okay. And even, and also since you're also an IT guy in, you know, in California, that's, you know, that's one thing they always, they've, they kind of popularized of saying that not many black people or any people of color go into go into IT or computers, even though that's a lie. But they say well, like here. I'm gonna tell you what. There's a beautiful thing in my company, and my company within my group, um, we have we have about 
I've been in IT for a while. I've actually picked it up in the Navy back in 04. And so I, you could say I've been in the IT industry since 04, so 16 years. Um, before the company I currently work with, I was always the sole black IT guy. <laughs> I currently work with, in my, in, in my, like my group, there are seven other black IT guys. Right, um, so which is good, and, and, and uh, we are doing a lot of things within my company. Like we started this ERG Employee Resource Group, where we um, where we are endeavoring to. Hold on, let me put this thing on the charger real fast so I don't die on you. <laughs> um, so yeah, we are um, we are doing a, a lot of things to make it inroads for. Um, young black kids to sort of come into these step these fields um, in, in the in the IT space in the engineer space um, like there's a lot of moves being made um, from a from a corporate perspective and and, and, and I mean we'll, we'll be honest with it a lot of it is corporate posturing right yeah. everybody you know corporations want to look good in these times but you know what that's all right. <laughs> Even whether it's posturing or not, if it benefits you, it benefits you. You dig know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, there's a lot of moves being made to sort of like making inroads for uh, for the next for the upcoming generation to have a pathway into a lot of these tech jobs, a lot of these engineering jobs, and and I can say like I've seen a lot in a couple of years. Like um, we have a few. Uh, like black female engineers um, who like um, it's, it's, I've seen a lot of things I haven't seen since I've been in the industry in the last couple of years. Um, We had, you know, one of our C-level executives, C-level obviously like the chief, you know, CEO, COO, CSO, CIO, all of that. Um, We saw one of our first like C-level black uh, VPs, in, in in my industry um in the last couple of years. Um so that that's that's definitely a good thing. I think the tech space is is, is changing and making inroads. So um and one of the things I think is is really dope that I'm seeing too is I think the face is changing a lot uh in terms of what we think we can do. Hmm. Like one of the things uh part of our ERG our outreach we have this tour called CUBU. And so the whole the whole thing behind the tour is like, you know what, if I see somebody that looks like me, sounds like me, then that lets me know that I can be there too. Oh, okay, yeah. So coming up, like I said, from Gary, Indiana, um, there's a lot of things that I didn't even know were, were possibilities for me. You know, there's certain there's things I've never even thought about. Like one of uh, one of the dudes I work with, is he's from my hometown, he's from Gary as well. Nice. And he works on the electron microscopes. Okay. Like that's not a path you know about growing up in the hood. Like, oh, I can be a, I can work, I can build and work on and do maintenance on electron microscopes, right? That's not something you think you can do. That's not something anybody tells you, like, hey, this is an open door for you. Like, right. you know, right? But now that's changing. Like, I'm seeing people are just like, like see, there's a broad, there's a broader space. Like, you don't have to, you know, you gotta have a jump shot. You ain't got to have, you know, skills on the mic. Like, 
you, you don't gotta add, you ain't gotta you know transition dope money into legal money. You, there's other you know what I'm saying like those are not the only paths for you. There are more things. Uh, I even told like my daughter, uh, my daughter she she when she was younger she was really interested in like in rocks and stuff. I, and I was trying to cultivate that. She she kind of she's not on it anymore. But I was trying to nurture that a little bit because I'm like, you know what? How often do you see a, a, a young black girl saying, "I'm gonna grow up to be a geologist"? Yeah. My thing is like, let's let's. I love that that we can broaden the idea of what it is we can do. There's no there's not these limitations that you have to like. As somebody who loves the arts, uh, I love the you know I love creativity. Um, I definitely don't don't love the idea that sometimes people think that's the only way. Right. Like you have to be you have to be in, in some form of entertainment in order to ascertain a certain level. It's like and, and, and obviously as an artist to me, rap and, and, and poetry is more than entertainment, right? It's 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 philosophy, it's all of that, it's theology, it's all of that. So right. I'm not saying that that you're minimizing what this is, but I'm just saying like the ideas, we can broaden the ideas, like, we don't have to, you know, one of the things I think of, I think we have for far too long been such a consumer class. Yeah. And I'm like, I love when I'm seeing it, when I read an article about somebody taking over the means of, uh, taking over the means of production. You know, I would, like, why can't there be a black Tesla? Hmm. You know, why do we, we, we go buy Tesla, we go buy Cadillac, we go buy <clears throat> all of this. We put, we put their stock numbers through the roof. Why couldn't there be a black Tesla? Why couldn't there be, we utilize platforms like YouTube and we monetize it and that's good. Um, why couldn't we pop off of YouTube? That's not well star. That concludes part one of our two part interview for more information, please go to L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Iambic Zine. I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. Thank you.